this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's Wednesday afternoon. We are chilling in the uh, the man caves, which probably fishes what you may have. No. But it does us well. It does us well. We are from two locations. I just want to let everybody know that it's something that we don't talk about very often. We're actually uh, we're from two different locations. I'm from out in Oregon. And uh, Jay is out there in California representing Fresno. I'm out here in a little town called McMinnville. I don't mind telling you all that because I want you all to know the difficulty in which doing a podcast from split locations can be. Uh, there we go. Also, there's I wasn't the, ready uh, for this. See, so I just go want, ahead. I, I want people to know this though, because I know that most podcasts that you all listen to on a daily, whether it be Rogan or whoever, you know, some schlub from ESPN, whatever it may oh, wow. be, they are in a studio wired together, talking on two separate microphones, but two feet from each other. Just makes things a lot easier. So the biggest reason I want you all to understand this is because when you listen to Jay and I. And you hear the camaraderie, you hear the way that we smoothly transition from, from spot to spot, and uh, the way that we just kind of chime in off of each other. It is far more difficult, in my opinion, than any other podcaster doing their show with their buddy, their partner, their pal, whatever, two feet from them. So please enjoy the show. Continue to enjoy the show. Realize that we put a lot of effort into this. At least once we get on the mic, we do. Uh, and uh, we appreciate all of you for listening in general. So, uh, Jess, are you feeling unappreciated right now? I feel I'm getting like an unappreciated vibe because you know I love you. I've told you the not, last two weeks. Not, not unappreciated at all. I, what is going on? I appreciate, Talk to me. I appreciate everything. All there this I appreciate the just the fact that we get to do this uh, on yes. a, you know mostly by mostly weekly basis. I appreciate this. I just I just think that people need to understand that like you know you have one person over here, one person over here. Yes. It can't be more difficult, but you and I we persevere, we push through. Let me let me hop in here. Jess and I have if so if you've been listening to the show this season at least because now we're going into sectional seasons because We've been doing this show for so long. So because we've been doing this show for so long, we kind of know when one person's going to stop and when the next person's going to start. That doesn't mean we're not going to step on each other. That doesn't mean that we are not going to be fueled by bangs to the point where we just got to get our fucking take in there. And that means sometimes we got to rumble in here. We're two just fucking alpha males that are lifting incredible amounts of weights. So sometimes we're just going to shoulder our way in. We don't know any better. But we're still professionals, like you said. And I think you've got a good point. So if you've been listening to this season, I think this is episode 13 or 14. We've done shows on Wednesday nights, on, I believe, Thursdays. We might have done a Tuesday show somewhere in there. We've done a Saturday morning early. We've done a Sunday morning early. 
our old school listeners, shout out to you. You know, we always used to do the Wednesday night show. We always did loyal, loyally did a Wednesday night 6.30 show. That was our shit. It was perfect when we were drinking because we could <laughs> ingest a ton of alcohol. And by the time the show was ending, we would just be intoxicated. So it worked perfectly. Um, I don't, again, we've been doing the show for several years. We're a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more mature. So... Right now, Jesse's not sipping on beers, I believe. No, you I have definitely. a bang. Actually, I'm sipping on a bang. Okay, perfect. So you're ready. So this is no why no carbs, go. no sugar, no calories. This baby. is why you're ready to go. Of flavor. Shout out BTE. I've been watching um, Being the Elite a lot, and I recognize that these guys drink a lot of bangs. Sammy Guevara, uh, the girl Anna J, and then of course the Elite Boys, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. They're drinking bangs, and I'm like, okay. So I'm ingesting. If I am having to drink energy drinks at now two to a day to just stay upright not counting the a fucking handful of woke that i'm ingesting at five bang filled rant here is jess and i are professionals we've been doing this for a while but sometimes it's not always easy for us to put pencil to paper and get a show locked down and the fact that we're doing a show on back-to-back wednesdays to me i feel like is a bit of an accomplishment so shout out to anyway. you shout out to you Shout out to me. We're making it happen. Um, we've got a full slate today. So I think if, yes, we if, do. if, if we're going to stay here, we can. But otherwise, I can. I can no, we're going to jump into it. So so we're going to start today's show. Normally, we, we are a little bit. We're going to do our best to keep things as lighthearted as we can yes. get serious. And we can get down on issues and, and situations that are happening across the spectrum of sports. Today is one of those days where we're going to have to try to watch what we say, how we say it, the approach we take, but yet get our takes across. And I'm going to start you off, Jay, by giving you this scenario in which Simone Biles, who many, many people know as the greatest gymnast of at least this generation, possibly of all time. I've, I've heard mm-hmm. that term get thrown around a, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is absolutely phenomenal. Her personality is super high, up-tempo, and bubbly. We all love her. But coming into this year's Olympics, she <laughs> seemed surface-wise to be okay. She gets in there. She participates day one. She has some issues. She pulls out the next day. I believe it was the next day, citing mental health issues. She's trying to get her head straight. She doesn't think that she can continue because she would be hurting the team more than she would be helping the team. The team then goes on to win silver in that specific area of gymnasts, gymnastics. And uh, and then uh, we, now we hear the backlash. And obviously we're all like people had to have been expecting. But Jay, give me your take on Simone Biles. Did she give up on Team USA? Or is this a situation where mental health needs to be addressed first? I think there's so many different avenues you can go here. And I think the smartest one, not necessarily the safest one, but the smartest one is to preference it by saying, hey, we're not doctors here, right, Jess? We're two fucking idiots just talking shit into live phones, live microphones, if you will. Um, But I will say this. We are from an older generation, and sometimes that's helpful. 
and sometimes that's hurtful. Jess and I are both in our 40s, okay? We're not going to say 40 what, but we're in our 40s, okay? So the generations that we were raised by, they were, you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You take pride in showing up every single day. You take pride in the things you do. It's 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 never been about, um, what am I looking for? Lack of effort or lack of anything like that. It's more about max effort. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Max effort. <clears throat> and now we get to a different generation here, the generation under us, where it's a little bit more lax, right? And things are a little bit more lenient. And then there's a generation b- below them. And I don't know I don't know if I want to go boomers, Zs, and anything like that, right? We're not going to start pulling out labels. Nah, we don't need to name them. We don't do that We're here. Good. We don't do that here. But there came a point where things have changed. And I know we've said this on the show, the pussification of America. And in no means am I saying that this is the pussification of America. This is a completely different scale, a different scope, okay? The generation that raised us was you show up for work. It doesn't matter if you're tired, if you're hungover, if your feet hurt, you show up and work. Uh, the, 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 the ethics were different. Um, at some point, and I don't want to say that this is a bad thing, but it's been allowed for you to be able to say or to lean on, hey, you know what? I'm having a bad day and I'm and I'm just going to sit this one out. You know, the generations before us, our generation, you were looked at as soft. You were looked at as a pussy. You were looked at and told, suck it up. And if you don't suck it up, then something's wrong with you. And maybe the reality is just that's what's wrong. Maybe that's the problem, right? When we really get down to the brass tacks and we simplify it, maybe the, the problem is, is we've been looking at it wrong. And it's a generational thing that we just don't understand. And maybe now we're getting a better understanding of it. Because I think the initial thought is, well, she quit, right? But when you start to really do the research and you think about the younger generation and then you start to really do the research and and hear about what she's went through. And then you really flesh it out. Right. And on the Olympic platform where you go, well, this isn't like our traditional athlete Jess, where we can go, we'll suck it up. You'll be better next game. Or, you know, you'll have a bad first quarter, but that's okay because you know, we're only going to focus on the fourth quarter. It doesn't work like that. Jess, they get one shot every four years and that's it. Right. They practice their whole lives for this moment. So there's that pressure. Right. Perfect. Okay. On top of that, you have the pressure that she's put on herself, right? The self, uh, the self-applied pressure of I'm the goat. I'm the best of all time. And because of that, there's that self-applied pressure, right? You have to have that self-applied pressure. If you're calling yourself the greatest of all time, if you've deemed yourself, if you've crowned yourself, right? And then here's the unique thing, Jess, that a lot of our athletes didn't have to deal with, that we didn't have to deal with, that the athletes now that are in their early 20s have to deal with. And that's the social media platform. Oh, yeah. And that's going and and having the fear of picking up your phone and thinking of who is on that other line, who's out there in the middle of nowhere just destroying me, talking shit about me, hurting my feelings, saying these things. (laughs) Now – Counterpoint, everybody's wired differently, right? I've read I've read things about Steph Curry where he says, Hey, I go in at halftime when I look for those negative tweets. I search those ads, and those th- those are gonna fuel me to have a better second half. Everyone's different. Again, Steph has 82 games and 10, 8, 12, 14 seasons to, to make his mistakes. She has one shot 
every four years, Jess, and that's it. So there's the applied pressure there. There's the applied pressure from social media. There's there's all this applied pressure, okay? And if she had a moment of weakness and said, no, nah, I'm good, I'm out, I think we should be okay with that, right? Just as human beings, as human beings, I think it's okay to say, oh, okay, she gets a pass, right? Is is there anything wrong with saying that, Jess? Hey, you know what? She gets a pass. <laughs> Uh, man. If you feel different, let me it's, know. If that's okay. If I, you feel different, okay. Lay it out. So I, I do feel different. I do. That's okay. And, and, and this is this is what I'm saying. So, as you brought up, and I agree, there's tremendous pressure when it comes to the Olympics because you only get that one shot every four years to win a medal. And I was just talking to some coworkers uh, just the other day. That's all we watch in our break room is Olympic events. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with some coworkers saying, imagine being a Team USA basketball guy winning a gold medal and you just got done winning an NBA championship. Which one do you think is more coveted? And my answer is the gold medal. You don't just represent a team or a city or a franchise. You are representing the entire country with – 8 billion people or whatever that is in this country or however many, they're all rooting for you. They're all chanting for you. They're all holding up signs. USA, USA, USA. I think that when you come into a situation like Simone Biles, and don't get me wrong, I think she is phenomenal. And whatever reason that pushed her to, to, to fall out, it had to have been bad enough because I, I, I believe that she's a smart enough, healthy enough person to understand her own mental health and physical health. And when there's some sort of downfall in, in either one of those sessions, she can make that, that choice to, to either continue or, or not. But here's what I'm really wanting to say is you should know this before you even get on that plane to Tokyo. Before you, though, before you go, before, no, 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 you've, she has been through the Olympics. She's had Olympics under her belt. She has gold medals. She has winning, uh, you know, events nationally or internationally. Before she even took that cab or that Uber or that lift to the hotel, to stay the night and get some rest before driving out to JFK or whatever whatever airport she was at to fly out to Tokyo, she should have had an idea that, you know what, I am not feeling right. I feel off. There's something weird. There's a twinge. My eyeball's shaky. I don't know what's happening. Like, I feel anxiety. I feel a panic attack. Something. There should, I believe, have been a sign clear enough for her to have made that argument with herself. Do I pursue or do I not? And that's where, this is where I, I, I want everybody to know first off, mental health is super important. Yeah. And I believe that we all need to do whatever it is within our power. I don't think you're minimizing. I don't think you're minimizing the mental health. I'm I'm trying to not make that. That's not what I'm hearing. That's not what I'm hearing. So but what I am hearing is you're saying it's okay for you. Like, when is it okay for her? Like, 
how do I word this? Is it, is it okay for prepared. Steph Curry? Hold on, Hold on one this. second. Let me, let me no, jump I, in real I know, quick. I, just, I, know, I know how I want to say this. I know how I want to say this. We're asking for greatness from her. We're asking her. We're, we're projecting greatness on her. And if she gets in that cab and if she gets on that plane and she's starting to doubt herself, but she has all these people she doesn't want to let down and she goes, fuck it, I'm just going to try and push through. I'm going to try and make this happen. You know what? I, my head's not in it. My eye is twitching. Sums up but I don't want to let my country down. So I'm going to get there and I'm going to see how I feel. And maybe I'm feeling it when I get there. And then she gets there and then at some point she goes, fuck, I'm not feeling it. My, you know what? My head's not in it. I thought I'd be able to get here. Now my head's up my ass. I'm out. And that, no, listen though, that's fine. But she waited till she did an event. She actually participated and then she decides to drop out the next day or however that series of events unfolded. So, again, like, let, let me go back. If Steph Curry had gone to halftime down 15 points to, let's say, the Toronto Raptors, he goes into the back, he's checking his phone, he's looking at it, there's hate tweets, there's hate Facebook yes. messages, everything. and then Steph goes, you know what, damn, I... I can't go back out there. Like, I'm not feeling okay. it. I'm feeling terrible. I'm feeling horrible. Perfectly physically healthy guy at that point in time. But mentally, he's just off. And he decides to not go back out into the court for the second half. And then the Warriors lose by 27. There is going to be hell to pay, either from the franchise level or from the fan level or from both. I'm saying that you don't go into something – not mentally prepared to finish when you're at that level of competition. I refuse to believe that Simone Biles, of all people in Tokyo right now, competing, went into this thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm fucked up somehow. I can't do this, but I'm going to try. She went in thinking, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to go do this. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's a, maybe what we're going to find out in the end. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's three sides. Yeah, maybe there's three a sides potential physical injury that happened, and that's why she couldn't perform. Maybe there was something else going on. Hopefully, we find out something in the, in the future. And if we don't, it's all up to her, and, and, and it's all on her to, to understand her limitations. And I hope that this is a learning point for her. But I'm telling you, Steph Curry doesn't go into halftime down and then not come back onto the court just because he's having a bad day. Just he still she, goes back will, on the court. Will she look back at this in two or four or six or ten or twenty years and go, I might have made a mistake there? Yes. Probably. Po- probably. She possibly. Will. Right? Well, we're in agreement there. Uh, is is the stronger point made to where we're starting the show with it, which is People need to take mental health seriously. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Otherwise, we wouldn't be leading the show off when there's combat sports, there's Aaron Rodgers, and there's a bunch of other cool shit going on. But the fact that we've spent 10 minutes of fumbling our way through it says a lot, I think. But I think that we are in agreement here where we, again, there's three sides to every story. And until everything comes out, we're all just kind of poking around and trying to figure stuff out. But one thing we are in agreement in 
is we we don't understand how the mental health aspect of it works because one we're not in between her ears two we're not dealing with the things that she's dealing with and three we've never dealt with that type of pressure on that level everybody deals with pressure okay you go to work you're dealing with a pressure that some people will never have to deal with okay because that's your job that's the profession you chose i'm talking about you specifically jesse same with me right some people would say the job that you chose is high pressure and i couldn't it do is it. High that's okay i'm okay with it i love it um what she does clearly she embraced it she embraces it and oh what happened this happened and, and here we are but i think if we're gonna do the hey there's a bigger point that needs to be made and let's check our athletes and let's make sure they're okay and if athletes want to come out and 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 say hey yeah you know what i've struggled and i've and i've had moments i think that i think that they should be I don't want to say celebrated for their bravery, right? Because I mean, there's bravery there. There is bravery there coming out and acknowledging, Hey man, I got some, I got some things going on in between my head. But again, just because we're just, we're just old. <laughs> I, and I lost my point here. So the bangs are really flowing. Uh, but a long run here again, I, I think that when we're talking about this, we want to make sure that we're preferencing it with the bigger point has been made, right? She struck the chord, which is, Hey, you know what? This isn't about the Olympics. This isn't about the medal. This is about my mental health. And if other athletes are going to come out here and say, hey, you know what? I have these issues. But what I was saying was the older generation are always going to say, but are you using this as a crutch? All right. And I know a lot of people don't want to say that, but it's the truth, right? That's the fear in saying that is you don't want to say that and be looked at as an asshole. You don't want to say that and be looked at as, well, you're, you just don't care and you don't understand and you don't get it, but you want to be careful and say, okay, are we really having these issues or are we using this as a crutch? I don't believe she's using it as a crutch. I'll say that. No, I I don't, I don't believe that either. But again, there's, uh, that's just how our generation is wired. I'm telling you just, I talk with, individuals our age like you said co-workers and a lot of them when when this conversation came up this morning some of them said she quit all right and when you're saying and when you're saying she quit the me the reason that you're saying she's quitting is because she's mentally weak that's really what we're getting down to right that's 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 kind of the implication you're saying she's quit why she quit i don't know because she's mentally weak i don't know she's not tough enough i don't know she couldn't suck it up that's kind of where we're at right That's, that's 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 not again this is what in other individuals are saying. And I think we have to, as older individuals, Jess, be able to decipher not necessarily what's bullshit and what's not. But, okay, if there is a mental health issue here, is it being addressed properly? You know, and not necessarily with us, because who the fuck are we? But is it being addressed with the proper people, the proper yeah. doctors, the proper the proper channels that need to be used? Right. And what I mean by channels is her doctors, her counselors, her confidants, the people, you know, her family members, the people she feels safe is talking about these things with. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I hear that a lot too. I've, I've been on social media. I've been reading up on different articles on Simone Biles and her decision and the backlash, the aftermath, whatever. And I hear the word quit a lot. Um, and I can sit here and I can debate you whether she did or did not quit on what I will not do is that. And what I also will not 
is make a claim that she 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 knows herself better than you know her better than I better than her trainers know her better than her mother and her father know her because she lives in her own body like you said yep. she's in between she's her ears between every her day and I'm not going to make the claim saying that she's mentally weak what I will say is that the decision that she in my hope was the correct choice for her and I like I said earlier I believe that Simone Biles is a very smart intelligent young woman and she has dealt with certain issues throughout her entire life and and still competed and still pushed through so I don't want to I don't want to use mentally weak with this because we've all seen her and we all sort of know some things through that have been you know out in the open in in uh, social media absolutely world. terrible absolutely terrible thing still continued year after year after year after year to compete 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 and and at not just a a good level she is competed the, the highest, highest level. level and she is usually dominated at those levels so whatever was going on it was in the best interest of herself to remove herself from that situation and become a bystander and a cheerleader for the rest of her team which didn't suffer that much no, they did not win the gold, but they got silver, and silver is just Lost fine. Another, silver is a tremendous trophy to take back home and say, I won this out of all the other countries in the world. When her, te- when her teammates look back at that medal in 10 years or 12 years or however long it is, you think that they're going to look back at it and go, yeah, that's the that's the Simone Biles medal. Everyone's gonna remember that one. That's I'm just saying. Do you think? Do you think so? I could be wrong. Just, no, on a, on a competitive level, I, you can't tell me that there's you know there there's teams out there whether you know whatever professional sport you want to baseball, football, basketball, whatever. They've come up a little bit short, and maybe the reason they came up short was because one of their better players was injured. Maybe they were sick. No, they what play. ifs? And there's what just if? always the what if, and that those those other teammates are gonna look at them and be like, man, that was the year that if you know if so and so would have played, if so and so would have played, we would have won that championship. Instead, we settle for second place and get the the runner up trophy. I'm just saying they they might look at that the the Russians are gonna look at that gold medal and go, man, what if. And the Americans are going to look at that silver? No? <laughs> no, not they're the Russians. Gonna, you don't think they're they'll look be at it and go, man, happy. what if Simone Biles decided to actually fuck around? And I think they're happy with that gold. What if, what, if Simone, what if Simone Biles woke up perfectly fine that morning, got to the thing, absolutely murdered it, scored a 50-50-50-50-50, and we're, we're the ones walking out of there with the silver. That that was what was supposed to be expected. That was the that was yeah. the norm, right? That was that was what was anticipated. It was just like Phelps. She was gonna go in there and just sweep everything out, and, and then and this is what happened. We spent way too much time on this, Jess. Can I can I do my Olympic basketball take? Yes, please. I've, I've been waiting for this all day. Okay, first of all, uh, do not be surprised if America loses or, or ends up winning the bronze medal. That that should not be a surprise to anybody. And here's why, because. Uh, several different reasons, but the first one, the Americans, you were talking about people taking pride in winning the medal. Now, I don't think the American team cares about the medal. I don't, I think that they care about um, playing together 
and the camaraderie and the potential relationships and uh, you know deals and yes, I think that I think I think there are so many different things that come into play now and also the thought process of yeah, we're gonna have to play a few hard games, but ultimately we're gonna be able to walk out of here because our one through five is going to always be better than everybody else's one through five. But we forget here that one, again, we're lazy Americans. Two, we're entitled and spoiled as fuck. Three, these teams that we've been playing against have been playing together for the better part of 10 years, 12 years. Rubio has been playing on that Argentine team since he was fucking 16 years old. The guy's like 40 now. Guy's been fucking playing. He's playing like five Olympics. He's like fucking played in the 88 Olympics in Seoul or some shit. Like he's been playing basketball forever. <laughs> this is my point. When you have these, these players that have been playing, not just in the Olympics every four years, but the international basketball, that FIBA, and they're always playing together and they're always practicing together. And there's some type of camaraderie between these guys, as opposed to the Americans who they go, we're just going to Yahtzee eight or nine dudes together and just fucking see what happens. And some guys are going to show up late and some guys are going to show up when they want and, no, we're this is the no, America. This is the great thing about the world. The world has caught up to American basketball, and this is a, this is a great thing for the sport of basketball. And this is why we're seeing Giannis is the best player on the planet. He's not from America. This is why Jokic was the MVP this year, and he's not from America. This is why you're seeing Luca, the future of basketball, is not American. It's because the world has caught up with this, Jess, and. What these teams do here, Jess, if you watch these games, and I'm not talking about watch America, watch like Australia against the Ukraine or some shit. They play FIBA basketball. They goaltend. They do all the things that we don't see in the NBA. They shoot, you know, they, they shoot mid-range jumpers. And this it's a completely different game than what America is used to now, where everything is ISO and everything is set up for a three-point shot. That's the American game now in a nutshell the last four years. As much as I love the Warriors, they kind of fucked it up for everybody. So <laughs> these teams have figured it out, and they go, hey, man, we just need two dudes that can rebound, and we just need to pass the ball a bunch, and eventually they're going to play bad defense. They're going to get lazy, and we can score 120 or 130 points. And somebody random as fuck, like Evan Fournier, can score 36 points on America. Like, come the fuck on. So I don't believe in my opinion, Jess that uh, America is going to win this year. I think that they're going to lean a lot on KD. They're going to lean a lot on, on Lillard. And I understand why, because they're two of the top 10 players in the world. But they ain't going to get it done. So I've got a solution, Jess. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm really ready. I brainstormed this, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Next year, so we're going to fire Pop, first of all. All right? Because clearly, if they've already leaked to the media, hey, man, this Pop style of offense and uh, defense, it isn't working. Oh, you're surprised that the fucking 75-year-old grumpy old man coach that doesn't like anything new or anything about the, the last five years of basketball can't get along with all these players that are like, you know, that are 25 and 28 and entitled as fuck? Surprise to absolutely nobody. So you fire pop. You bring in an incredibly young coach. Here's who I would bring in. I would bring in Jawan Howard. He's young. All these kids that are playing that are younger than 25 have watched him play. Um, they know who he is. He's, he's, he plays or he coaches at one of the big schools and he can do a cool job of going, 
I'm going to bring in, I don't know, Ty Lu uh, as an assistant coach. And I'm going to bring in some other young ass coach. And I'm going to kind of lasso up all these younger coaches, right? And here's the other thing you do, Jess. There should be no player on this team older than 22 or 23 years old. Everybody should be 19, 20, 21, 22. They should be hungry as fuck. They should also know, if I'm in between 19 and 23 years old, this is probably the only shot I'm going to have at the Olympics, period. So I'm going to want to play my ass off because this is the only shot. I'm going to have one shot to win a gold medal. It's not going to be like with a LeBron where you're going to have three or four fucking chances and they're still asking you to play 20 years later after you played in four Olympics. Fuck that. It's different now. All right? <laughs> it's almost restricted. So now, now it feels a little bit more like you're getting into an elite club, right? So now you've turned the tables on the players. Now it's like, now we're just letting fucking anybody in, right? Um... If you want to say, hey, what we're going to do is we're not necessarily going to try out, uh, you know, the best players here, but we're going to try out, you know, the, the most random kids, kid, the lottery picks, but not just the lottery picks. Maybe, um, I don't know, how old is Zion? How old is Trey Young? How old is uh, the kid that just played for Memphis last year that balled his ass off, Morant? Um Let's get some, let's get this, let's lasso all these young guys together, right, Jess? So now we've got a core of eight to ten young guys, right? What about my boy uh, Wiseman? we got to get Wiseman on the team, right? You've got to get Wiseman on the team. Am I missing anybody young here? I've just named off five great young players, right? Potential all-stars. Uh, can I throw my the, the kid from Fresno in there that's going to get drafted a lottery pick here in the next few days? Because yeah. we got to throw some college kids in there, right? Green, money green. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think that we should actually back to throwing some college kids. You know, So on- now we're going to have a nice little influx here with a young coach, with younger players. But most importantly, this is where it gets wild because it's got to get weird, right? Yeah. We're going to get one Wait, vet. That's the way we we're work. Gonna get, we're going to get one vet, okay? Let's say this year it's going to be Dame Lillard, okay? It's going to be the guy that everybody respects. It's going to be the guy that everybody knows. At the end of the game, all these young kids can clear the way and let him do his thing. It's going to be the guy that's willing to work with anybody there. It doesn't matter who they are. It's going to be a guy that you want to have dinner with when you're out when you're out in, a, in another country, right? Because Dame's always going to be – he's just that guy. And Dame is going to be Captain America. But we all know nowadays that Captain America is black. So it's black in America. So we're going to really soup up black in America. Okay, now we're going to turn this into like we're going to do a cross promotion. We're going to put it on like Disney Plus or ESPN. You do it in Disney. You have a big blow, like a big blow up party, right? There's American flags everywhere. Mickey Mouse has the big fucking Uncle Sam hat on. There's a parade, right? And you're announcing these kids. It's a big fucking deal, right, Jess? There's fucking fireworks. And then maybe Nick Cannon's there. And then, of course, at the very end, you announce. It's a surprise, right? You try You don't let woes. You don't let shams know fucking blacked in america and every year it's a different blacked in america right and maybe four years from now john morant is now blacked in america and he's the one guy that gets a second opportunity to play on the gold medal team and he or on the olympic team and he cherishes it and he and he's able to take what he learned from four years ago and pass it on to that guy but it can only be one you only be one blacked in america just can't be two it has to be fucking one 
Um, tell me what you think of this idea. And if you want to add anything to it, go ahead. No, I actually love this idea. Uh, I, I, I want to start from the beginning real quick and say that I do believe the team USA. Uh, I almost feel like they're more worried about trying to get one of these other players to come join them. It's romantic. Their NBA a lot spot. of romancing. A lot you of romance. A lot of romancing going on. A lot of guys whispering sweet nothings into Dame's ear oh. and so on. Zach Levine's ear and so on and so forth. I love the idea of having a bunch of young, hungry kids. We just talked about it last week on the show about just being young and hungry. That just, you just, nothing is going to stand in your way. You're going to go out there. You're going to whoop somebody's ass. You're going to go put up 36 points. You're going to go score three touchdowns, whatever it may be that, the the older vet guys have been around. They've done it. They almost are stagnant in their thought that, you know what, we're USA basketball. We're going to go out there. We're going to win all these games. We're going to win the gold medal. We're going to go back home. They don't care. And and the, exactly, the care level is not there. But if you're young, you've never done anything in your NBA career yet, this could be the thing that just jumpstarts everything for you. It could you go out there, you perform well, your team wins gold, country first, gold medal, take it back home, put it in trophy case. Then the next following season, people are looking at you saying, Hey man, you're not just like this, you know, first year, second year guy. You're a gold medal Olympian. That's a big deal. That could really jumpstart a guy's career. And imagine putting a James Wiseman, he comes back, he plays for the Warriors, he's like, damn guys, look at this. You guys got rings. I want one of those two, but I got a, I got a gold medal. That's a huge deal, man. <clears throat> also and I love and I love the vet idea. You bring back just one, one. just one guy. I love it. Plus, what do almost all NBA super teams do? They always have that one to two, just super old gritty guys that have been around the block, like PJ Tucker. P.J. Tucker was the Milwaukee like Bucks gritty old guy. You gotta, every team's got to have one. Every team's got to have one, and especially the super teams, because you need one of those guys to keep your youngsters in line. Lakers had Rondo. Warriors had Iguodala. We can do exactly. So you bring your Dame. You bring your you know whatever. Maybe it could be anybody. You bring them in. Can I give you an, uh, just a random one for the for yes, four please, years from now? Please. Why not like a Chris Middleton? Exactly. I love uh, Chris Middleton's amazing. Anyway, I, I love that idea. Can I throw he, another he random one? Did. Can I throw another random one out there? What would that? He's got he's got a medal, but and Lord knows how he's going to be in four years. He might be too old at this point. Uh, what about Clay? Yeah, can I throw my boy in there. How how many players do you think are under twenty four years old? And I don't mean twenty four on the cusp on this year's team. How many players do you think are under 24, tw- basically 23 and under? Uh, I don't know. Not half, that's for sure. How about, a, how about one? This team. There's one. One guy. Jason Tatum. What about uh, KJ? Can't remember his name now. He oh, you're brought- right. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Keldon Johnson. Good call. Keldon Johnson. You got Keldon Johnson at 21. You got Book at 24. You got Bam at 24. Everyone else is 31, 31, 26, Ooh. 33, 29, 31. God, Tatum's 31. I forgot. Tatum's 30, 23. Bring young guys. I don't think Jeremiah Grant gives a shit. Maybe he does because he because he's never been there. I don't. You think Booker gives a shit? The guy just fucking had to uh, chase around. Uh, you know, Middleton and Drew. Yeah, Hall. everybody at, at a finals level. 
I guess Bam. I love Bam, so I want to say, again, you bring all these guys under 23 years old. Now, all of a sudden, you got a bunch of hungry fucker. You bring them the guys I just named. You bring John Moran. You bring Green, the, the other Green I mentioned. You bring my boy Wiseman. You bring the kid from uh, – uh, who's the other kid who I'm missing? There's, there's just a bunch of people. You bring Zion. Yeah, Zion. guys are all under 24 years old. You bring young guys. Look, here's the thing, too. Everybody, especially in our generation, they always go back to the 92 team. Green, you got to stop. Everybody – we got to stop, guys. We don't have those types of players. Are the not world what is we caught up with this. Now. Jesse. The world has moved on. That's where no, the world's caught up with this. That's the biggest thing people don't realize is you can't roll the ball out and America's just going to beat teams by 15 or 20 because that other team is so excited to get to the end of the game so they can take photos and get autographs with their favorite players that they've watched. No, they play with these guys, they're teammates with these guys. Some of these guys want to punch these fuckers in the face. They want to beat USA because they want to go home and go, hey, man, we didn't win a gold medal, but we beat USA. That's where they're at now. You, the USA is the biggest, the team with the biggest fucking bullseye on their backs and their chest and in between their eyes. And that's what teams want to do. They want to eliminate USA more than anyone. Get a bunch of hungry young kids in here, man, please. Yeah, we got to get over folks. Folks that are like, I want to say 30, let's just say 30 and over. Can we please stop comparing every Olympian basketball team to 92? You got to stop. Please move on with your lives. It's so, done it over. It was a great run. Don't get me wrong. It was hella fun to watch. If you, you're just, if you, if you think that you're just not watching basketball and I'm exactly. not even trying to be like a fucking nerd and be like at an international level, just turn on any basketball game on it's all night and you're going to see somebody from another country fucking balling. It's and all then, international. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. The, the NBA is probably the most international sport outside of possibly soccer. soccer. Outside of soccer. It's fucking so, soccer. Let's, and let's move on. Gen, you, know what, you, know, you know who else and, is catching up, Jess? Let me say this, and then we'll go. We're, it's Roger's time. But you know what else is catching up here? And we're going to see it here, if not this Olympics, the next Olympics, baseball. Ooh, yeah, These fuckers baseball. are playing baseball everywhere now. Most Dominicans. Def- Colombians, Puerto Rico. Oh my God, they're gonna beat the shit out of us. We're we done. All, Japan, we got, Japan. You think we want that smoke with Japan? Fucking pitchers. Now pitchers we show you Tani. Fuck, I'm, I'm saying, gonna fucking throw a eight innings, 105 miles an hour, and then go up there hit three home runs on us. We don't want a part of that. We don't. We don't want a part. Fuck, we got a bunch of fun guys that hit 200. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Let's move hey, on. Aaron Rod. Hey, you know what was cool? Aaron Rodgers not saying anything for three months, despite being poked and prodded by Pat fucking McAfee. It felt like once every two or three weeks when he was going on that goddamn show, getting poked by Tom Brady for nine holes or 18 holes or however long (laughs) they, they fucking played on a live mic. My man doesn't say a goddamn thing, shows up to camp and just eviscerates the Packers, Jess. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, let me get my my take first. I so first of all, I tweeted out that Rogers did not go full NWO Hogan. He did not go full heel. As a matter of fact, I think he might have gone opposite. He might have turned face. Oh, I believe he turned face. He went from one of the most hated sports personalities in in Wisconsin. I think that the, I, I agree with that. To now, people are looking at it, going, you know what? Fuck, man. 
Why didn't Why didn't the Packers just give him a wide receiver? Why, why didn't, didn't they, they just give him a running back? Why didn't they just give him some corners that can defend? I I think that he, if anything, he turned face, and in in turning face, he saved his face, and now that motherfucker's gonna get paid. I think that, and also, not only is he gonna get paid, real quick, real quick. Now go he's go got his boys coming back. The last dance referenced, I don't believe was intended to be a reference in this is my last year with Green Bay. It could have, it could not. I don't know. I don't want to make speculation. I think what it was was I'm going to get the boys back at least one time. And I'm going to shoot for a Super Bowl championship with the guys that I've always wanted to play with, the guys that have left and been in, you know, into free agency or been cut for no good damn reason. I mean, for for God's sake, the guy brought up Jake Kumaro for all. He said Jake Kumaro <laughs> the got boys. the shaft. All the he, boys. He said Jordy Nelson got the shaft. He said Cobb, James Jones. Everybody, they all got the shaft. He and then he goes on to say, James Jones, what the hell? This is what I'm saying. When he turns face, he said, "You know what? I'm gonna." In his head, he's like, "You know what? This is where I take the attention off of me and put it onto the Green Bay Packers as a franchise." He said, "You know what? I understand that they're the franchise. I understand that they're the ones that cut the checks, but you cannot treat a player of my caliber as just a player. You cannot treat my teammates." that I play with and they help me produce to be the player I am just like any other player. I simply asked the organization to have my input put in and be thought of legit. And they would not listen to me. If they're not going to listen to me, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Super Bowl champion, Mr. Multi MVP, Mr. Multi 4,000 yard season, passer who are they going to listen to and that's where he turned face and everything fell onto the shoulders of the green bay packers i think one of the most important things that he said and and you touched on it was he's basically saying hey i want to have some say so here if you're drafting i'd like to have a little bit of say so here when you're if i think i'm trying to find the quote where he's saying here it is uh Guys who were exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys, many of them whom weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely lowballed or were, in my opinion, not given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. It's kind of progressed from there into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond that really wasn't given at any time. So for me, I had to assess the situation, not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. He is urinating on these fuckers and saying that just in, in he's been, if so we're at the point now, this isn't a, Hey, this is an entitled fucking um, player. That's, that's doing the KD thing and doing the James Harden thing and demanding things and pouting when they're not getting in their way. This is him in a very intelligent way saying, Hey man, I want to be part of this and y'all are fucking it up. Hey man, I want to have some input with these potential free agents. Why don't you let me call them and y'all are fucking that up. He has laid out every mistake that they have made in the last 12 to 18 to 24 months verbatim. 
you know, we like to say the receipts, you know what I'm saying? And he pulled every fucking receipt out to every- me, which is to me, which is incredible. I'm trying to go through because I think there's one more amazing quote that I'm looking for here. He's talking about the money stuff. Um, here's the beautiful. <clears throat> uh, do you want to be here right now? I do. I do. I love my teammates. I love the city. I love my coaches. It is a lot of fun to be here. And like I said, I'm competitive. And I realize the type of team that's in place here. It's a team that has a lot of talent on it. It's been close the last couple of years. So I'm definitely excited about this season. I've had a lot of great conversations over, I'd say, the last two weeks with various teammates past and present. And they definitely refilled the fire to go out there and lead and perform at my best. So he's saying he's ready to play. He's saying all the right things. Literally did not say one thing wrong. How's your relationship with the GM? I'd say it's professional at this point. Uh, he's not fucking having sandwiches with the guy. He's not kicking it and partying <laughs> with the fucking guy. They're not fucking eating the, whatever the fucking bratwurst or whatever the fuck eat there. Um, oh, anything that stood out in those conversations with the Packers? No, I'm not going to share that. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I just, I, so um, one, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to misquote this because I don't have it in front of me. Go for it. But he went and said, players don't come to Green Bay oh. because of the entertainment, because of the weather. They come to Green Bay to play with me. And I believe that that, to me, that was the power statement. Free agents don't come to play in Green Bay because of the weather. Because God knows it's snowy and negative degrees for nine months out of the year. There's nothing to do except come to Green Bay and play with Aaron Rodgers and attempt to win Super Bowls. That was a power statement. I love that statement that he made. And that was another one of his low under the table type piss it's all incredible. over Green Bay. Type, not the fans. Type, type not the fans. The just the, not just, the fans. just the organization. Just the organization. If you want to talk about a Mike Tyson right hook to the jaw, that 15, 20 minute press conference that he had, whatever it may be, I think it was only about 20 minutes. It was it said a lifetime of things it was, it was almost like he was just vomiting everything that he had been kept, no. you know, inside. The receipts. Let it out. The receipts, baby. He said, hey, IRS, take this shit. It's, it's I got inc- it all. It's incredible. To look I can at prove it, every penny of every dime that I've ever put into this franchise. Here it is. Uh, he, and, and another thing that I really loved is that you think of quarterbacks – and we all know the stories of Tom Brady. A rookie will come in, and he already knows, you know, three generations past that rookie's parents. Like, Tom Brady's just amazing at doing this stuff. He does his research. We now know that Aaron Rodgers does the exact same thing. He is on that level. He brought up guys from 10 years ago and said, this guy got the shaft. He, he got lowballed. He got, he got kicked in the nuts when it came to – to contract extension time. It wasn't fair to them. It's not fair to the guys now. It's not fair to me. He's a team guy. Don't, don't, you can, from this day forth, you cannot miss, mistake Aaron Rodgers for being that locker room cancer, the quiet guy that no one really knows about because he keeps to himself. Listen to this, Jess. 
Here's la- last quote, if you don't mind, and then we'll move on to uh, what I forgot we were doing next. Combat sports. Combat we're at about we're about at about an hour here, so I think we've we've just kind of hit everything. Um, question: What changes do you hope to inflict, Rogers? I mean, I wouldn't say inflict. I don't know if that's the right word I'd use. Inspire. Like I said, I do have a unique perspective on things. I've been around a long time. And as I've talked to some older players around the league, I think this is how it goes. You know, you get a little older, you see some dysfunction in organizations, and you either move on or try and help foster some change. And that's all I've wanted to do because I love this organization and I love being a Packer. I've enjoyed my time here. You get a little older, you see a bit of dysfunction in organizations, and you either move on or try and help foster. He showed the receipts. And there is, I've never, I, he literally is just let y'all Packers fans know that this is truly the last dance. It ain't about, it ain't just the Instagram post. The Packers are going to be so bad next year when they don't have Aaron Rodgers, when they don't have my boy Devontae Adams there anymore because he's playing in Oakland or some shit or Vegas or wherever the fuck he goes. Uh, this is going to end tragically. And if you're a Packers fan, you gotta kind of go all in and hope, hey man, maybe we win a world. Maybe maybe we get that ring. Maybe he gives us one ring on the way out, and that's it. That's what you gotta do. You gotta hope for a ring on the way out. You want to talk TJ uh, Corey Sandhagen? Because I, I watched this fight. Sandhagen. I watched this fight twice, Jess, and uh, I'm not a big fan of watching fights twice. As you know, because I'm a firm believer in once you watch a fight one time, that is how you should score it. You should score a fight one time, and then after you've scored it, you never go back and score it again. Because you'll start being influenced by things you read. You start being influenced by talking to people whose opinions you respect. And you start second-guessing yourself and going, "Eh, well, maybe I didn't see that. Well, maybe that thing that they were talking about, I didn't see that. I I gotta go back and look at this fight. The the only reason I really w- went back and watched this fight, Jess, was because my ESPN app fucking paused so many times during this fight. It probably paused 50 fucking times. I mean, it was pausing every uh, five times a round. All right. Can I just get the buffer rather than the complete pause? I would rather ESPN Plus app, you just buffer and give me a shitty quality stream rather than just completely fucking pausing for five to seven seconds and fucking <laughs> up the ebb and flow of a fight. There's nothing worse. Now, if I'm, listen, if I'm not paying for this and it's an illegal bootleg ass stream, then my God, I, I, I'm the last person to bitch. I'm like, yeah, it's free. You know, I'm doing my Kanye shrug. It's free. What the fuck do you expect? But if I'm paying $4.99, which I'm getting an email is now going up to $6.99, and I'm getting a choppy, bullshit-ass stream, I'm sorry. I'm not happy. So when I initially scored this fight, Jess, as I was initially watching this fight, it seemed to me like Sanhagen was just dominating. It seemed to me like... uh, I sent a tweet out at some point during the fourth round where it seemed to me like TJ just wasn't doing anything with um, his grappling. He would get in positions and just kind of stall. And I've been in a, I've been to a hundred different sparring sessions and gyms. And I've always heard coaches yell and scream, stop stalling, stop resting. 
you're resting, you're not working. And that's all I was thinking when I was seeing TJ in these positions. You're resting, you're not working. And I'm not going to give you a round for that. When I went back and actually scored the fight, I had TJ a lot closer. I, I thought TJ did a lot better. I, I did the flip-flop. I did the, uh, I'm trying to remember now, round one, Corey, round two, TJ, round three, Corey, round four, TJ. I think that's how I did it. Or maybe I did TJ, Corey, TJ, Corey, Corey to close. I can't remember, but I flip-flopped. I think I'm, I'm almost positive I did TJ and then Corey. And you know what? I can I can check it if I wanted to because I was texting my buddy about it. <laughs> but the one thing that impressed me, and we talked about it when we were talking about looking for a little juice on this card, uh, TJ did well, man. Yeah. TJ did really, really well. And, and, and I don't think that we should be talking about – it's easy to say, well, Corey got robbed, Corey got robbed, Corey got robbed. Uh, when I first watched it, I thought Corey got robbed. When I went back and watched it, you know me, Jess, I'm a firm believer in when there are close rounds, non-dominant rounds, you really can't. I won't stand on the top of a hill. I won't climb onto my roof and scream robbery. I just won't. Um, if there's pick'em rounds in there, and there might have been some pick'em rounds, that, that third, fourth, maybe even that fifth round. To me, I just didn't see it as absolutely definitive um i Corey's stand-up was incredible but he made mistakes daniel cormier did a great job of calling Corey out when he would do like flippity floppity shit like he'd throw he'd be in a bad position he'd throw a bad kick or he'd throw something dumb he'd, he would be off balance tj would take advantage of it as opposed to Corey just trying to be incredibly patient and just pick 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 and and, and find your spots he, he made some mistakes uh, and TJ took advantage. But now that I'm looking at the stats, TJ shot for 19 fucking takedowns and only got two. I mean, that's something that should be talked about. That's that's fucking impressive. TJ did a good job of defending those takedowns. Again, a lot of the stuff that I saw TJ doing, it seemed more like stalls to me. And if somebody scored that fight four rounds to one TJ, I'm sorry, um, Corey, I'm okay with that. If somebody found a way to go 3-2 TJ, I don't think it's highway robbery. But the way that I scored it was I went 3-2 uh, Corey. Give me some thoughts here, Jess. Uh, first thought in my mind is that uh, Dillashaw came in and looked like Dillashaw never left. To be honest, uh, maybe the striking wasn't necessarily all there, but he did enough. Uh, the takedown defense, which he's always had and has been impressive with, was yet again impressive. Uh, but what Dillashaw lacks is that phone booth fight. Uh, he, he generally gets dominated in that area. He doesn't have what it takes to just really get in there, bite down on the mouthpiece, and just throw hard punches. And that's one thing that Sanhagen seemed to do well. And uh, I, I want to give Dillashaw props. I, I think that he came in. He had a good mindset. He was like, uh, you know, fuck it, what everybody else thinks. You know, the EPO, the, the, the roids, whatever. He was like, fuck you guys. I'm still a talented guy. I'm going to come in and prove it. But 
I'm going to go with robbery. I think Sammy oh, wow. easily won three of the five rounds. And I don't mean easily. like he snuck by. I think like he dominated those rounds. The, I don't second think round, he... the second round, he dropped TJ and then he bust him up really, really bad. He had and the great said transition that was a tank, from the knee to the, to the reverse triangle. Uh, he just he had a lot going on. And I thought Sanhagen was the more aggressive fighter all five rounds. Possibly going into that fifth round, he may have sailed a little bit. But I still believe that he was the aggressor each round. And if I'm going to score this fight, I'm going to give, I'm going to give uh, Corey one, two, and four. And if I'm if I'm just really being like, you know, fuck TJ Dillashaw, I'm gonna give Corey Sanhagen round five as well. But because I think Dillashaw did great for what you know I expect from what I expected, I'm gonna go one, two, four, Sanhagen with a really close five for TJ. Really, really close. And then Here's- there is that third round that TJ, TJ dominated. The, uh, I felt the third round pretty well. Here's my – can you hear me, Jess? Because now I'm yeah. getting my text and I'm afraid you can't hear me. Okay. I got you. Here's my, here's, my, um, here's my breakdown of my buddy. Shout out, Brian. Uh, TJ round one. Um, uh, t- uh, round two, Corey. Uh, round three, TJ. Corey makes a mistake with missed kicks. TJ gets some good positions out of it, um, plus closes around well. Fourth round, Corey, but that was a close round. That's the round where I tweeted TJ and doing shit with these takedowns. Um, fights way closer than I thought last night. Uh, Corey wins round five. If someone wants to make an argument, four or five are close. Um, Corey gets uh, um, TJ gets tagged a lot. Uh, he misses a lot of punches in those two rounds. Um, but TJ gets sneaky control, eats up minutes. And if you really want to count that as cage control, but Corey drops him bad in the second. And if you want to make a 10 8 argument because he busted him up so bad, I'm okay with that. And then I and then my last text to him was run it back because I just love fights like that. Uh, so no, close I, fight. I, close I, fight. I, I think that it was close. I can see where judges would have had issues scoring the fights, and uh, I, I still believe that Sandhagen got robbed. And more importantly, and this is what I believe I tweeted something out, or I believe I did. But this is my thought. Not only did Corey Sandhagen get robbed of a potential championship fight. We also are now going to be robbed of seeing Sanhagen, the young and up and coming mm-hmm. guy who is the hungry guy going up against a Yan or going up against a Sterling. Mm-hmm. That's what we're being robbed of because in all honesty, Yan destroys Dillashaw. Ooh. Sterling beats Dillashaw. And so you switch Dillashaw out and you put, uh, Corey Sanhagen in, you've got a much closer fight with Yan, and I think Sanhagen beats Sterling. That's a that's an incredible call. Sanhagen beats Sterling. Yes, the Sterling thing's interesting to me because I. Uh, by the way, I think Sterling has already beat Sanhagen. I have to look at the record, but I believe Sterling already has a win against um, Sanhagen. But I could be wrong. I have to look at the records. Um, maybe from like two years ago. The, those are all competitive fights. I love any of those fights. And I, I, I agree with you. I want to piggyback on that. 
I feel bad for Corey because it's going to be back of the line in that division. He's probably going to have to fight one or two uh, meaningful fights before he gets a title shot, as opposed to TJ now. He's going to do back like I never left, even though he was in a razor-thin fight. And now he's going to get up in that mix with that big three. So, I mean, you, combat sports, we love chaos in it. So here we are again. Uh, do you want – I mean, I don't know if you want to touch on any other the fights. Um, there were a lot of controversial decisions here. Um, somebody made a cake that night. Shout out MMA Twitter that said, fuck the judges. <laughs> I think every party that has – it's combat sports related, whether it's boxing, whether it's K1, whether it's UFC – from here on out, somebody should make a fuck the judges cake. And I am going to try my damnedest next pay-per-view to have my kid or somebody make a fuck the judges cake because that is just so dope. That made my night. Um, shout out whoever did that. Uh, and again, MMA Twitter up to little tricks. Um, but I don't know if you want to touch on any of those fights. We can move on to, to the other stuff and hit wrap it up if you want. There was stuff that happened, but I don't want to talk Macy Barber. I don't want to talk any of that other stuff. None of this I thought, stupid- I, I th- I thought Barber stupid- won that fight. I thought Barber won that fight. I'm sorry, uh, Internet, don't come after me. MMA Twitter, don't come after me. I thought <laughs> you're, Barber you're fucking won that fight. I, I, didn't, I, didn't think she, I didn't think she whooped her ass by any means. I thought she won that fight. I'm sorry, that's how I felt. Uh, what's left? We got Are Bellator. We, we got Bellator. We haven't, we haven't talked Bellator in like a century, so... Shout out our boy Nolan at MMA Kings. He flew to LA. He's going to be there. Um, this is how I described the card before we started recording the show. Which, by the way, is 100% accurate, folks. So get ready for it. This feels to me like a bunch of Khabib's homeboys and then Pitbull versus AJ. That's just what it looks like to me. Just a bunch of Khabib's homeboys. You know that photo that goes around the internet of Khabib in a hot tub with like seven dudes and they're just all kicking it? Like they just a lot of bro love? Have you seen this photo? Yes. Well, yes. I think this, I think all these guys are fighting on the card. And I think all these guys are fighting on this card. <laughs> I, think, I think they just took four of those dudes out of the sauna and they're like, you want to fight on Friday night? We got, we got some openings. Um do you got any takes on Pitbull versus AJ McKee? Do you believe this is AJ McKee's first big step up in competition? Uh, who you got in this fight? It is. So I, I've heard a lot of mixed uh, mixed comments on AJ McKee. I I, I, I want to be the guy that says he's very talented. He's very athletic. He's, a, he's a, definitely an up-and-coming fighter. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, well, why belts were making fight so many fights before he got to a, you know, to a fight of this magnitude. Well, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to judge when you're throwing them in against, I mean, relative nobodies. I mean, I, I, I don't have his record in front of me, but he's undefeated. Never he's lost. not. I'm pulling beating, it up right now. He's not beating the best of the best of the best. So this is I think where the thing this, is. I think the thing is, it's just it's a pit bull thing, right? It's a pit it bull. Is. Thing. We've pit seen bull. pit bull beat. Pit bull has basically beat everybody to where we anyone he fights, we're going to think it's going to be a step up in competition. Pitbull has beaten everybody in Bellator competition. And now he's beaten guys like Michael Chandler, who has gone on to the UFC. And yes, Chandler had a very impressive debut, even in loss. But it kind of makes you wonder, like, what Bellator fighter really should be fighting in the UFC if that's the route you want to take? Well, I'm just going to say Patricio Pitbull is a killer. Okay, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of types of fighters like him left in today's MMA. 
Mm-hmm. He is a stone cold throwback Vanderlei Silva. Throwback. I was just thinking it. Damn I you. Stole it from my you. Mind. you stole it from me. Throwback Vanderlei Silva. I'm going to come in and eat your soul or I'm going to go out on a stretcher. One of the but two. one way or the other, that's how it's happening. You are not going to be baking the fuck the judges cake when I fight. <laughs> no, there will be no baking of cakes when Patricio Pitbull fights. And that's a promise. And and I love the AJ McKee matchup. I think McKee gives issues <laughs> with the uh, the the reach. I think he's a little bit more of an athletic body fighter than Patricio's fought in before. But let's again, Patricio's fought everybody of everybody. So he's probably somewhere along his career seen an AJ McKee like fighter. And uh I, I think that this will probably go two rounds. And what I see mm-hmm. happening is a submission in the second round. Patricio wins by submission and keeps his championship. Uh, Jess, by the way, the AJ McKee thing is very weird. And I've started to go down the rabbit hole and you're going to love this. So he's fought like three times in the past three years. And I'm sure some of that's due to COVID. His last three fights are interesting. He's uh, he knocked out uh, Georgie Cocker. I'm gonna butcher his last name. Um, in eight seconds, that was in 2019. He turned around and got a Derek Campos submission. Um, and that was in 2019. He has not fought since November of 2020, where he submitted Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell's no slouch. I believe Darian Caldwell trains with uh, Cormier, so no slouch. Um, but here's where it gets interesting. Hey, do you remember Antonio McKee? You might recognize that name because he's a Bellator fighter. He has fought in Bellator a handful of times. He lost to Aoki. So he's a fighter as well. Uh, fought for the MFC. God, do we have this guy on the show at some point? Um, <laughs> this is his dad. This is his yeah. fucking dad. Yeah. So his, his, he's got he's, uh, his dad uh, beat Mike Dulce. How about that? His, dad, his dad's got some credible wins. So he comes from a, a mixed martial arts background, which is, I mean, isn't that intriguing? There's some intrigue there. <laughs> with that said, obviously there's, okay, so. With that said, I think he gets knocked out one round. Again, you can, we can spin any athlete on the planet. Folks, we have been sports fans long enough. We can spin any athlete and make them look like they're the next Fedor Emelianenko. Of course. Uh, but we also have to keep things pretty legit and straightforward. I like McKee as a potential championship caliber competitor. But not but tonight. I don't think unless Patricio Pitbull retires or goes somewhere else, AJ McKee is going to go back to fighting the caliber of opponents that he's been fighting, and he will beat them. And eventually he will get back to that championship level. But depending on who the champion is, it just better not be Pitbull because Pitbull will beat him again. I'm okay with saying this is an enormous stepping stone for this young man. Huge. And, and it could be one of these, um, hey, this young dude ended up, you know, Vitor Belfort type thing where he's just 19, 20 years old, an absolute phenom and shocks the world. And also, as you mentioned here, the real catch 22 here, the real, the real uh, wild card, if you will. Caveat. And if we're thinking about juice, we got to bring a little juice. Like you said, people sometimes will go out in a stretcher. Sometimes he, he's, true. Prone, he's prone to put his chin out there. And uh, 
if he puts his chin out there against McKee, I mean, McKee's got knockout power. I see knockouts here on his record. Maybe if you're looking for a little juice, a little late night action, you're feeling froggy. Maybe you throw a little coin on McKee for knockout. Maybe a knock, surprise knockout win. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I threw TJ out there last week at a, at a decision, and I, I think some people might have got paid. Hey, do you care about Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland? Not at all. I know you didn't. Hey, um, why do we keep? Why should we care about Uriah Hall? Because he did a spinning kick seven years ago on the Ultimate Fighter. Why? Well, why should we care about Uriah Hall? Didn't Hall just beat? Wasn't he the last man to beat Anderson Silva too? I, I guess. Was I he? mean, if you even want to count that. <laughs> now but... I'm looking at it. Oh, you know what it is? He had that. We. You're right. Uh, first of all, um, he has that weird fight against Weidman. Oh, yes. He's just been kind of waiting around for a fight, I guess. Yeah, um, so here's the deal. If I'll probably be doing nothing Saturday night. Um, I don't think I'm going to be wanting to spend time with my children, so I'll probably watch this fight. <laughs> probably I'll watch this fight. But um, I have no interest in this fight. No interest in Uriah Hall. And if this is a let's push uh, Sean Strickland, if this is if that's the move, I don't think this is the move. <laughs> I don't think that's the move either, based off some of the shit I've been reading about this guy on good old MMA Twitter the last forty eight hours. He not Dana might be uh, wanting to pull those receipts as well. Fuck, see yeah. his money back. He may have to. Hey, my man's got four straight wins though, and uh, two of those are knockouts. So who knows? Look, there was a point in time when Sean Strickland was being talked about, you know, as like the guy or an up and coming possible the guy that was short-lived and ended sometime in 2015 or it was 18 2018 2018 good call there and uh you know it, it yeah he's had some wins but again you got to go off competition you know and and uriah hall is the guy who everybody from the spinning kick back in, in the ultimate fighter 23 or whatever the hell it was he was the guy that everybody said, hey, this is the guy that's going to replace Anderson Silva in the middleweight division. He's the one that's going to take Anderson's spot. And Hall never lived up to hype. And for whatever reason, he's very talented, very talented, could easily be a champion in the UFC. And I don't know if it's mental. We might as well just go there. Uh, mental, that's the fight game. Uh, so maybe just somewhere there's a disconnect. But he he could easily be the champion, I believe. Very extremely talented guy with a high-end arsenal of offensive moves, but just never put it together. So, yeah, this fight doesn't mean anything. And Absolutely do I, think, I don't even know who will win this fight. <laughs> if I had to make a choice, I would say Hall wins this fight. Wow. Strickland, could easily, Strickland could easily turn around and knock Hall out, and then you know we're back to square one with both fighters. I'm going to, I want to go Hall. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Strickland knockout because I think Uriah Hall just, he takes chances and Strickland will knock him out. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, again, I'm not, I mean, listen, no, I, who, again, shout out MMA Twitter. We love you. But, and I know a lot of y'all don't got shit to do on a Saturday night. And you might be like myself. You might just be looking for a little juice, a little action on a Saturday night. So you're, if, you know, if you're a pathetic gambler, much like myself, God bless you. Uh, you know, I love you. I love you. We love you. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. But I, 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 I just can't see a scenario where people are actively like, yeah, man, I'm making plans because Sean Strickland. I, I can't go to that, dude. I can't go out tonight. Sorry, I got to miss your, um, your quinceanera or you know, your wedding anniversary. Sean Strickland is fighting Uriah Hall. I got to make sure that I'm, I'm watching that. I can't, I can't miss that fight. It's just another 
It's just another fight. It's just another fight. It's another UFC <laughs> pumping out these fights that we don't give a shit about. And we've done it before and we'll say it again. Here's our quarterly. If you do less fights and or less cards, but better quality fights, you will have more eyes drawn to the screen. But I understand they have contractual obligations and that's why they run through all these. And that's why they have ESPN Plus. So the MMA nerds can watch these fights. And you know, they give us something other than fucking soccer and lacrosse on ESPN Plus. Thank God. And my suggestion, if I could speak to the matchmakers, the people who put together these pay-per-views, the people who put together the fight nights, the people who put together the UFC wherevers. You can have as many cards as you want, honest. I, I, that part's fine. There's so many fight fans out there that, that salivate at every single card mm-hmm. that happens. And we want fighters to get paid. Hashtag MMA Twitter. Again, we love you because you keep, you keep me personally. I'm not going to speak for Jay, for Jay. I am very much entertained by all of your outlandish, weird, no, sometimes legitimate tweets. Thank you very much for doing that. It keeps me entertained. It makes me happy. It puts a smile on my face. Sometimes I look a little weird because I don't know what you're trying to get at, but that's part of the happiness that you give me. But when it comes to pay-per-views, when it comes to the uh, bigger events, if you could just at least put the main card, the five fights that you do on the main card, could you just please let them be legitimate athletes that we want to watch? The undercard can be whoever. It can be a smorgasbord of of every... Mazamadev, Nergamadev, that you want to put on a card. But can you please make the main event something worth watching? And then it makes it all better. We want, we don't necessarily have, we don't need dream fights every card, but can you throw us some special attraction fights? Can you throw us some names? Can you throw us some sexiness? I don't think it's that difficult. You've got every fucking fighter in the world on your roster. How about you? How about you throw us, you know, a, a pay per view card every month where there are ten fighters where we go, oh, I want to watch that. Oh, I I like that guy. Oh, that I want to watch her fight. Oh, that guy's cool. I want to watch him fight. I like watching his style. I mean, again, we're uh, at the end of the day, we're going to watch these fights because we love combat sports. But I just, uh, I just wish they'd tighten it up a little bit. But again, they control the monopoly; they can give us whatever we want. We are they, they control the wheels. They feed us. It's like the the Matrix, right? And they're just feeding us. They're just, they're just giving us something, some type of nutrient, some type <laughs> of combat sport nutrient. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're not always going to love it, but we're going to drink it. We're going to suck it down because if we don't, we're not going to stay alive. We're going to die. Exactly. We're wither on the vine. At least fucking promote these guys better, something. But anyway, they gotta promote themselves. Jess, it's their I, job to promote themselves. That's why Conor McGregor is the richest fucker in the world because he he did a great job of promoting himself. Fighters, promote yourselves. Stop I don't. Relying. I don't remember. Stop don't relying remember, on the UFC to promote you. I don't remember relying. the used having to promote themselves. I don't. Remember, I don't think that the Milwaukee Bucks have to promote themselves. So, oh, just because the, they're a brand. They, the, hey, they have, they've got they they've hired people to do that. All right, Jess, hit the fucker, hit the wrap it up. It please. is before Jay and I leave. Thank you all for listening to another show. Hopefully, you've been entertained. Hopefully, some of you go away mad, thinking, "What the hell were they talking about?" Because that's going to make you hit up our Twitter and argue with us, and then we'll we'll let please. you know what we follow actually us. were trying. We are going to follow you back. 
Please follow Jay at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. Follow me on Twitter at JTT81. And please follow the show, the podcast, Twitter feed at Team Toss 21. Outside of that, thank you all for listening. Everybody that we always give shout outs to, we still love you. I just don't have the breath to do it this time. We're done. We're gassed. We're done. Have we an love enjoyable you. afternoon. Thank you very much. That's it. Thank you.